Greetings, welcome to the show. My name is Maggie Cavanaugh, I am your host, and today I have with me Dr. Elizabeth Clayman. And she is an amazing woman of God. She is an author, speaker, uh, you name it, she does it. I, I'm so excited to have her because her and I have tried to do this, like what, three times? Is that right, Elizabeth? At least, at least. The devil just didn't want us to get together, but he ought to know he's a liar and a loser already. <laughs> That's exactly right, because we are double trouble when you put the two of us together, and we are his worst nightmare. Yes. So today is the day that we finally get to have this chat, and I'm honored to have you. Thank you for being on the show. I'm so honored to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me, and I am so glad we got all the kinks worked out. We could finally get together and do this. I know it has been a little bit of spiritual warfare, but God is for us and, and there's nothing going to stop us from getting the word out there. And, you know, I think everything in due season, I, I think maybe had we had it a couple months ago, we wouldn't be able to tell the audience about some of the amazing things that are coming down the pike. So who knows? Everything works out for a reason. Uh, what the enemy means for harm, God always turns around for good. I'm a firm believer in that. Amazing. So I, for the audience that does not know you, can you share a little bit of your background and your call to ministry? Oh my goodness, a little bit of my background. Well, um, I started out as um, a, a very, in a very confusing family, very chaotic and um, abusive, unfortunately, and dysfunctional family. And I talk about that in my first book, Beauty Rising from Brokenness, and how that surfaced in my 30s. And um, in 2002, I was at a Women of Faith conference, and I felt like God told me, I want you to do that. I want you to speak and encourage and, and influence and impact women for the kingdom. And I was like, okay, I'm hearing things, you know, I'm just being crazy. I'm just, you know, dreaming. So this kind of blew it off. Although it was uh, the first time it was God's voice to me was almost audible. I mean, it was just such a strong, and but, but I still just dismissed it in my, in my head. And then the next Sunday at church, our youth pastor's wife came up to me and she said, I was thinking about you at that conference. And I thought you would be amazing doing that with all your experience moving in the military and homeschooling your kids. And my jaw hit the ground because I was like, there is no way she could have heard what I heard. And we weren't even in the same section. You know, <laughs> Our church was split into two sections. And so I'm like, there's just no way. And I didn't, it wasn't like I knew her that well. My kids weren't youth yet. I knew who she was, but I didn't really know her. So it's not something she could have known from me saying something. Right. And I was like, Oh, wow. And but we were right at the point of another military move. And so I just really didn't give it a whole lot of thought. I just kind of picked my jaw up and said, thank you. I appreciate that. And went home and continued to pack and get ready to move. And we moved about a week later. And during that move, when when you're in transition like that, sometimes you get to your Bible. Study. Well, even on normal days, sometimes you get to your devotion in the morning and sometimes it's in the afternoon and sometimes it's at night, especially when you have three kids and you're moving across country and you're living in a camper temporarily. It's it's in the quiet hours of the night and I'm a night owl anyway. And I was my devotional that night was Isaiah 61. I've called you to 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 go out and speak to the the brokenhearted and bring joy for mourning and and when God speaks to me from the word I tell people it's very it's very for me it seems strange because the words almost become 3D 
It's like they just come off the page. I see them just in a, you know, in a, like they're bolded and standing up. And I was like, wow. Okay, God, that's three times. I get it. Okay, let's do this. But I know I have a lot of garbage from my childhood that needs to be taken care of before I step into into any kind of a ministry. I know that I have, because I was going through a whole lot of spiritual warfare and everything at the time and and uh, dealing with, with my family and trying to have them understand that I was bringing the skeletons out of the closet and that they were going to have to be okay with that. <laughs> and they were not okay with that at all. And it was a big struggle. And it was about three years that God and I walked through that along with my counselor and and through being ill and being angry and and just uh, you know being just very hurt and guilty and just all those things that you feel when you when you go through an abusive situation and a chaotic situation and so when when I walked through and I, and I finally got to a point of healing and I started getting my physical health back and started feeling better I roll back in school to do my doctorate degree. And my husband and I decided I wanted to go, just go away. I wanted to just get away. And so we decided that the two younger children and I would travel to Louisiana and visit our family, that ones that still spoke to us, which were the ones on his side <laughs> and our friends. And we just, we went, um, my kids and I went to Louisiana. We had a great time and we met him and my daughter and the rest of his family, his sisters and his parents. And we had in Kentucky near you. And we had a, a four day weekend of kind of family reunion, camping, boating, just tons of fun. And on the way home from that trip, we got six miles across the Michigan line, 45 minutes from home, in construction, in rush hour on a Friday afternoon. And we had a semi truck in front of us that got to a bridge. He was in the wrong lane and he got to a bridge that was kind of arched over and and he didn't think he could clear it. So he slammed the brakes on. And if you know anything about campers, especially a bumper pull camper that you don't have the extra brakes on that we hit that truck and hmm. he stopped he was empty and he stopped like bam on a dime and i was turned around answering my 11 year old son's question and i saw my husband stomp on the brakes out of the corner of my eye and my head goes you can't stop the camper like that because i've been all over this country with that camper behind us and i knew you had to stop slow you had to slow down and the next thing I knew, everything was just crash, crash, bang, boom. And I was in shock and I couldn't function. We hit that truck. The camper hit us. Our daughters, who were 16 and 18 at the time, were driving my husband's truck because we had met them in Kentucky. So we had both vehicles. They hit the camper and the camper hit us again. So oh, we are trapped in that semi truck. I mean, trapped underneath the semi truck and trapped in the Suburban. And my husband kicked the window. His military instincts kicked in immediately. I thought, I thought, just thought, my, my son is screaming. I've got to get to my son, but I don't know where I'm at. And I don't know what I'm doing. I was just in so much shock. And my son wasn't screaming. It was me screaming. I was he hearing myself scream like an out-of-body experience. Mm -hmm. My husband kicked the window out of the Suburban, pulled us out. 
And um, I immediately, you know, started checking my kids to see if they were okay. And then, um, and then we, we remembered that our dogs were in the truck and the police mm. officer said, you got to get away. The propane bottles are crushed. They could, they could explode at any moment. So we, we ran back to get our dog, my dogs out of the truck in their kennels and they got my, my daughter's dog. And I'm like, I want my dog. So I tried to pick up his kennel. And his kennel, I was running on adrenaline. I wasn't even, I didn't feel anything. I didn't, you know, think anything. And I tried to pick up him in his kennel. He's 65 pounds plus his kennel. And immediately reality hit me that I was not okay. <laughs> and I started having a lot of trouble breathing. And I have asthma. So I thought it's the stress and the asthma. And somebody, God bless this truck driver that stopped to help us. He crawled back mm -hmm. in the suburban and, and risked his life to get me my purse, to get me my inhaler. Mm -hmm. And um, we ended up going to the hospital and everybody was fine, just cuts and scrapes and bruises. But I ended up on the cardiac ward for four days. I had a broken sternum and they were afraid it could have done damage to my heart and or the pericardium, the sac around the heart. And so I spent five days being monitored on the cardiac ward. And then when I got home at the ripe old age of 38, I was 100% disabled and bedridden for the next 12 years. And I laid in that bed and I said, God, I don't get this. You said this and you called me to this. And I walked through that healing and I forgave my family. And now I'm here in this bed. And all I would hear from God is be still and know that I am God. Amen. Because he was in control and I had to learn to relinquish control because of growing up in that chaotic family. I just held on to control of everything so hard. And so I, in 2016, I call it now it's kind of a repair and replace ongoing process from injuries from that accident. And I, um, in 2016, I had to have a surgery, another repair, repair surgery, and they could not control my pain after surgery. And I, it was because I was on 120 Percocets, 30 dilateds for breakthrough pain. I was getting shots in my back, shots in my neck and shots in my occipital nerves for migraines. Oh my and they couldn't control my pain because all that pain medication that's in your system, you know, it just builds up and then it takes more and more to get ahead of it. Yeah. And I started going into shock after that surgery because of the pain and I'm shaking and my teeth are chattering and I'm sweating. And I just had this moment of clarity. I looked at my husband and I said, I'm done. I'm just done. I'm not doing it their way anymore. I had finished up my degree from bed <laughs> and at least my brain still worked well enough to finish up my doctorate degree and i said i know how to treat this stuff naturally because my degree is in naturopathic medicine and so when we finally got home i started praying and god gave me a plan and i wrote down what he gave me and i printed out calendars and i took a half a pill less every day for a month and then a half a pill less every day for a month. And I marked them off and I wrote that down every day. And then I got out of bed for 15 minutes and sat in the chair. And then I got out of the chair and stood up for 15 minutes. And I just kept working at it for two more years. Well, for another year and a half until I finally was able to 
start my ministry and get back to doing what God had called me to do. Wow. Yes. Sounds like so, an assignment from the enemy to shut you up and shut you down. Oh, he's still not done. He, we had another wreck in 2019. A guy hit us oh, and wow. that, and, and I had, I had had knee surgery and I ended up, I had to have a partial knee replacement from damage from the first wreck. And um, the part I was allergic to the partial knee replacement. So they had to do three surgeries on that knee and replace. And finally the third time replace it with a full titanium knee replacement. And in the midst of all of that, before the, the surgery for the full knee replacement, we had a guy hit us from behind and slam us into a three quarter ton truck. And I ended up with a severe concussion and a, um, and a torn and ruptured rotator cuff. Mm -hmm. And then two weeks later had to have that knee replacement. So I've got this arm in a sling and it's, it's, you know, you look back on these things, you think they're kind of funny. Now I've got right, my right arm in a sling. It's my left knee that's been replaced and I'm on the walker just you know, trying to get through the house to go from the chair to the bed or the bathroom or whatever. And I look back now and I thought, oh man, it would be great to have a video because that has to look so goofy. But then 2020, I had the rotator cuff repaired in January 3rd of 2020 and got was back out and started speaking on March the 4th, 13th or 14th and spoke twice and then COVID hit. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. Wow. I tell you, I can totally relate. I have dealt with very uh, similar chronic health conditions as well as bad auto accident. And it is no joke. No, and rotator cuff surgery, I've had both surgeries done uh, or both shoulders. Oh. And I, I'm telling you, to me, that was the worst. Yes. It was oh, the yes. worst. It was yes. like, you know, worse than childbirth. Yes. <laughs> My doctor told me, he said, it is the worst surgery you'll have. And I said, I have had a back fusion with nerve damage. And he goes, I'm telling you, it's the worst surgery. I said, have you seen my knee? You did my knee. Have you seen my knee? It looks like my shirt, you know? <laughs> and he goes, I'm telling you. And then when I went back in after the surgery for my first post check, he goes, you didn't know how right-handed you were, did you? <laughs> I was like, no, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea how right-handed you are when that's your dominant hand. And Absolutely. It, you can't, I mean, you can't even cut up your meat. Your, my husband had a trick. It was like, you feel like a little child. Like they're cutting your food for you. It's like, this is ridiculous. Yes. I guess and it your is best friend done. ice and a recliner. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I still have, have an ice machine. Ice. Oh yes, uh, oh, that thing was awesome. Ooh, we actually had we had like four or five of them. We have literally burned through four of them. We're down to one because okay. my husband had both his partial knees, then all of my knee surgeries and my shoulder. We had like four or five of them, oh, and wow. I used those things so much. I literally burned through, <laughs> burned up the motor. In them. Oh wow, wow! We're down to oh, one, but I did find out you can order them on Amazon. So okay. I looked that up because I still do lean back on that ice from time to time. <laughs> yes, it is a must have for that type of surgery. I did one surgery without it and one with it and it made a world of difference. So yes. so grateful that God is restoring things in you. And, you know, like we said at the beginning with the enemy man for harm, God is turned around for good because it did not shut you up. Exactly. And, uh, so tell them a little bit about your first book, if you will. My first book is called Beauty Rising from Brokenness, and this is it. 
It's easy to find. And I love the it, title. It, oh, thank you. My my husband and I actually came up with that together. We're we're pretty good. We make a pretty good team most of the time. And that's actually my first independent book. I did several um, collaborations before that with other people that were doing collaboration books. But this book is my journey through childhood trauma and how it caused me to have chronic illness, which was severe asthma and bronchitis and chronic fatigue syndrome. And a lot of people don't know, but those traumas, especially in childhood, will surface later in life and Absolutely. often surface as an illness, especially autoimmune illnesses. And Absolutely. especially if you don't deal with them. And I talk about how I just, it was like holding a beach ball under the water because I was trying to hide all of that from everybody. And then it just keeps popping up and popping up. And eventually you can't hold it down anymore. And life just went out of control. So this is this book is part memoir and part self-help book. It um, it I talk about how I healed physically, mentally, emotionally and spiritually. And I spent I put dedicated a chapter to each of those and then also told my story of my childhood as it weaved into that. And then I kind of leave the, the author hanging at that wreck happening and book two will be out this fall. I've been my readers are on my case. They're like, we have to know what happens. <laughs> Because <laughs> I just kind of left them hanging. And I'm like, like, I can't believe you did that to us. And I'm like, well, that's what all the good art authors do, don't they? <laughs> that's what all the ones I love do. They leave me hanging. So so that that's my first book. And I absolutely um, have been so, you kind of, you're especially when it's your first book, and especially when it's about such sensitive subjects, it was so hard for me to turn that over to the editor. Because my sister-in-law has a, a, a master's degree in English and she had been my writing, you know, muse, I guess. She had been the one that I'd send it to. She'd give me suggestions. She'd make corrections and we would go back and forth. But then when I had to send it to the editor, that was somebody outside of my safety zone. And I, it was like giving my, it was like leaving my first child with a total stranger. It's like, I can't do it. But, you know, and some people come to that at the point of hitting publish. But for me, it was when sending it to the editor. And then when I got positive feedback from him, then I'm like, okay, I can do the next step. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but I just, I, I tried to write it for years and it came out angry and it came out sad. And I was like, it's not the kind of book I want to write. And then one day God woke me up at six o'clock in the morning and all he said was, it's time. And I knew what he meant, but I was like, I don't want to. And he said, it's time. And he would wake me up at six o'clock every morning and I would write for an hour. And the Holy Spirit just poured this book from me and it came out anything but sad or angry. And when I reread it, I was like, whoa, I didn't even know I felt that way or thought that way. But it has helped so many women who have gone through abusive childhoods or gone through domestic violence to know that there is hope, there is healing, and, and that there is forgiveness. And even though my family's chosen not to be in a relationship with me for over 20 years, my, my entire family, my children, everybody, um, my second cousins and back still have still have a relationship with them but my mom and my aunts and uncles and my first cousins we don't have any kind of a relationship they don't have anything to do with us 
And so even though that is how they chose to deal with it, there's still healing and there's still forgiveness. Forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean reconciliation. It doesn't necessarily mean that they think they need forgiveness or want forgiveness, but forgiveness is about forgiving them like Christ forgave us and, and then praying a blessing over them. And I pray for their salvation and I pray for a blessing over them. So if, if you guys would pray for them, I would greatly appreciate that because they're not getting any younger and I would love to see them healed. Absolutely. I will definitely do that. It's so interesting. I'm sitting here listening to you talking. It's crazy because I've I've written two books and neither one of them were my story that the Lord assigned me to do. And I'm currently working on my story as well. And I went through similar situations where I would start it and it was like it wouldn't really it wasn't that it wasn't coming out angry, but it was it was not coming out with enough level of healing. Yes. Yeah. And so there is a time and a season for everything. And we know this, you know, uh, according to the book of Ecclesiastics. And, you know, I will pray for your family because that's a difficult thing. I actually thought about writing my story and uh, not even saying it was my story just because yes. of that. But, yes. you know, everybody healing comes whenever we are open and transparent and it gives other people permission to heal. Yes. And so I'm on that journey. So as I pray for your family for reconciliation of their heart to understand why it was so important for that to come forth. And, you know, let anything in the dark the enemy uses when things come yeah. out to the light, God takes and redeems it. So I'll be praying and you be praying for me as I'm writing my book because we have very similar stories. Very you know, I find stories. God does that a lot. God puts puts me with people who have that in common. And it it just really blows my mind because for so many years, the devil told me it was only me. It's right. only me. Absolutely. Yes. Nobody else has been through this. Don't say anything because it's just you. And it is far from just me. The devil <laughs> is a liar. He is a liar and a loser, and he just needs to just give up and leave me alone. So, Amen. <laughs> I tell Amen. him that every day. But, you know, I just, I, I, and, and people are like, why, why do you keep getting up? And I'm like, because if I didn't, this would be for nothing. Everything I have been through would be for naught. And I will not let it be for nothing. Amen. God allowed it so that it could heal me and that it could and I could help other people heal. And if I stay quiet and if I stay in bed and I sit back, then nobody gets healing. Nobody gets help. And I just believe everything we have been through in life is meant for us to use as a handout and a hand up for somebody else who's going through it. Amen. Amen. He does not waste our pain. No. Uh, he, he takes and redeems everything. And I'm so grateful he did that. So fast forward to last year, right after COVID hit and you were home, the Lord gave you another assignment on a book. Tell us yeah. about that. And he, he's, he's been doing a lot of assignments lately. I'm, I'm kind of just <laughs> like, okay, God, let's do this. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but um, I, when, when COVID hit, we were, I was out of town speaking and the military immediately called my husband when they shut down everything in March and told him, you have to get back to North Carolina because everybody's got to be in the state. We were in West Virginia speaking. So we left the next day and headed home and I got home and, you know, of course, like, all speakers, all of my speaking events went kaput. They just disappeared. 
And I said, okay, Lord, what, what do you want me to do now? Because I, you know, I've, this has been 12 years and then 2019 with all the surgeries was not a real productive year to me. Although everybody's like, you've only been out of the bed for four years. <laughs> look at everything you've done. And I'm like, but look at everything I want to do. <laughs> and so I, I was like, okay, God, what do I do now? And again, that 3D words I was reading in, in Daniel and the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego just jumped out at me. And the, the fact that the words that, st that stood out were that they came through the fire and they didn't even smell like smoke. They didn't even have the smell of smoke. How amazing. The men who put them in the fiery furnace died. And the men at, beside them that were helping them died. And they were in that furnace and Jesus was in there with them and they walked out and didn't even smell like smoke. And I don't know why they had never caught my eye before that they didn't smell like smoke. But God said, I want you to do a virtual summit and call it faith through the fire. And I want you to ask these. He was very specific. Ask these people who says yes, says no, who says no, says no. And you don't go searching out anybody. So 12 people came back and said yes. And I was like, all right, 12, the number of completion. Yes. This is, this is going to be all right. This is going to be great. And so we did the virtual summit. It's on my YouTube channel and it's Elizabeth Clamon is my YouTube channel. So you can go in and watch those interviews on that YouTube channel. They're amazing. And then I finished that and I was kind of like the, the little kid, you know, okay, God, yay, daddy, I did it. I'm good. I get my gold star. And he said, yes, but <laughs> I'm like, I tell people when I speak, don't stop at the butt in the Bible. Don't stop at the butt because the good is, but it's but God. <laughs> if you stop at the butt, you miss the good part about God, you know, but God intervened. And so God said, yes, but um, we are, uh, we're going to do an anthology book. And I'm like, I, I don't know how to do that. I mean, I've been in a couple, but I've not written one, led one, you know, I don't know how to do that. It's okay. We're going to do it. And I knew I had some backup. I knew some, some people that had published the anthologies. And so I knew I had some people I could contact. And so I just put it out on social media. Only one of the people in the summit came back and did the book. But I had 12, I had 11 others come and, and want to do a chapter. And we did that book and we published it on December 15th. And I told God, I said, God, if this is what you want me to do, I need you to show up and show out. I need you to show them that you are God almighty and you will claim the reward for you will be glorified in all of this. Amen. So that book, we called it Fiercely Faithful. We had to change it from faith through the fire because when I marketed it on Amazon, it goes out to 13 or 14 different countries. And if I put faith through the fire, a lot of countries that it goes out to are very literal in the translation. So they would have thought that all of our authors had been on fire, literally. So it was like, okay, so we changed it to Fiercely Faithful. And, and it's called Fiercely Faithful, Be Inspired, Find True Purpose, and Live a Miraculous Life. And we have um, 14 authors, include, myself included, and we have our one token guy. Every uh, anthology I do, there's always our one token guy that does his story. But these ladies and this gentleman wrote a story of a time in their life when they had been through a fiery trial and God was faithful through it. 
and the stories are diversely different, but all have this golden thread through them that is just amazing. And I realized that even though I took all those math classes and I worked as a bookkeeper for all those years, God gave me a love for words that I didn't know I had. So I'm, I'm working on a second anthology now that will come out in July. And it's for Christian entrepreneurs, Christian ministry leaders. And it's called it's called Officially Unstoppable Entrepreneur. And then God told me once this book came out and I'm going to tell you what God did with this book. He showed up and showed out this book the day that it launched. It launched to 13 or 14 different countries. It became a number one international best-selling book in four countries in 28 categories in less than 10 hours. Wow. Go God. It was amazing. And I was doing Facebook interviews with the authors all day that day live. And the, the, the marketing team kept calling me back going, the ribbons are piling up over here. And it was just amazing. It was even number one in India. Wow. Yes. So good. That is God. That yes. is God showing who he is and bringing out glory to glorify himself. And Amen. all of these stories glorify God and what these people have been through and how God has brought them through it. And it's it's just amazing. And it gave me a love for, for this giving people a platform to tell their story. So not only my speaking in my books, but giving people a platform to write a chapter in an anthology. So that's how I started. A whole book was kind of daunting. It was like, I can't write a whole book, a whole book. It's a whole book. That's a lot of words. It says I can write a blog. Okay. I can write a chapter. Okay, God, I can write a book. And so that's how I started. So I like I saw it's it's very it's very satisfying to give people an opportunity to tell their story yes. and then give yes. them and then and then you know give them the platform to tell it. And then if they want to talk about it, we we do a virtual summit. We did a virtual summit in April and we're doing a live event near you in Franklin, Kentucky in September. And it'll be all the authors from Fiercely Faithful because we couldn't do it when the book came out. So we're doing it now. And the ones that want to come and speak are going to come and speak and tell their story. And we're just going to have an amazing time. And I love it. Love it. And I, nice. I, I just love it. And I've done another virtual summit since then. And I'm just like, I'm not going to just sit down and let COVID just stop me. You That's know, right. so many other things have stopped me and I'm not going to let COVID stop me too. So yes. I just, you know, I just, God, what do you want me to do? And like a little, like a bird, he'd just give me little crumbs and I just follow the little crumbs. And if he'd have told me in the beginning, the whole, the whole story, I'd have still been hiding under this. <laughs> going, I don't think so, God. I love how he dribbles little things to us so that we can, you know, process it and so forth. Yeah. So that's going to be in Franklin, Tennessee, right? Do you, and it's um, September Franklin, 11th? Franklin, Kentucky. It's going to be in Kentucky. Oh, okay. Franklin, Kentucky. Okay. I was thinking Franklin or Tennessee, which no, is Franklin, an hour for me. So Franklin, Kentucky, that's a little bit different. It's a little bit. It's a. It's about, I think, a half hour or so north of Bowling Green. Okay. And, um, and it's only about an hour or so from Nashville. Okay. 
That's not too far out there. Right. Okay. And I picked that. It's a small little, small, quaint little town. But one of my authors is from there. Okay. And I thought that's perfect because my authors are from everywhere. We even have one author from um, Australia and one from um, you, um, the UK that wrote a chapter that. in the book. And well, you know, the internet does that for us. Social media does it, that for yes. us. It'll draw, yes. I can draw us, you know, from all over. And so she lived, she lives in Franklin, Tennessee, in Franklin, Kentucky. And I thought, well, that's right in the middle. So all the yes. authors could meet right there in the middle. The only problem we're running that. into is the, the plane and then getting them from Nashville to Franklin. And, you know, that's kind of the logistics we're doing now, but that's all part of it. And it'll all work out it. the way God has intended for it to work out. And it's you know, just amazing. Yes. Now you have another summit coming up, the Kingdom's uh, Women's Workshop. Can you yes. talk a little bit about that? That we had a summit um, a couple of months ago, Kingdom Women's Summit. And it's just it's for women and it is just all different types of things They we have different speakers on different topics. And for that summit, I actually happened. She needed speakers on marriage. And she had she had a whole list and I went through and told her the ones I thought I might be qualified to speak on. And she needed speakers for marriage. And since I've been married for 36 years to a man who's been in the military for 33, almost 34, um, I thought, well, OK, I think I'm qualified to speak on marriage. So I talked about the marriage merge. And how you have to merge from two lanes into one lane and you don't need to get too far ahead of each other or behind each other or keep banging into each other. You got to merge into that lane and be one. And so when she started planning for the workshops, which are going to be July 9th and 10th, and you can find all the information for that on my website. Um, I'll post it today on my blog, on my website. And then it's also on my um, Facebook and on my Instagram, it'll be posted all on there with the links to where you can go and get tickets and all of that. But I will be teaching about storytelling because that's what I do. If you haven't guessed already, I love <laughs> stories. My grandmother gave me the gift of stories. She told us stories. I don't really remember her reading to me except from, from the Bible or the daily bread. You know, I mean, if you remember those little daily bread books, she'd read it. There's a little story from there, um, little biblical stories. But she always told us stories. And so I learned storytelling from her. So I teach storytelling. I help other people tell their story. If they're getting ready to go from the stage or write a book or publish a book, I help them with all those kind of things. So I'm going to be yeah. talking about um, leaving your legacy and how your story is your legacy and how people miss out if you don't leave your legacy. And if you don't write that story down and preserve it, and I know like there are a million questions now I wish I could ask my grandmother, but it's too late. And so, you know, even if you don't ever want to publish a book, you don't ever want to speak from stage, you don't want to do any of those things, but the process to write that story and leave it for the next generations is so vitally important. Yes, it and is. I tell you why I, I why I know it's so vitally important. My great grandparents, my great grandmother was a was a mail order bride, and my great grandfather was in Louisiana, and she was in New Jersey, and she put an ad in the paper to be a mail order bride, and they wrote letters for over a year, and we have those letters, oh. and what 
we treasure those letters so much because it let you know it gives us an insight into what it was like in their life and and during that time of the you know the early 1900s and and it's just it's amazing and so i love it and so i i think it's just so important to leave yes. your story for those that are coming up behind yes. you I agree. I agree. My, I have a sister that's knee deep into genealogy all the time. And we have so many powerful stories that have come from uh, oral history mm -hmm. as well. So to have those letters, how incredible is that? So I love yeah. that. Oh my gosh. Uh, you know, Elizabeth, you and I can talk all day long. We have so much in common. I absolutely love your heart. I love what God's doing with your ministry. If you could leave the uh, audience with a key, what would that key be? Um, You know, the thing that I held on to throughout those 12 years was Romans 8, 28. Oh, my life scripture. My life scripture too. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> All things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And yeah. I, and when I pray scripture back to God, I, I kind of break it down for me and it's not really for him. He knows what he wrote. He just wants to know that I know what he wrote. So I'm like, you know, God, you know, I love you and I know you called me. I don't know how, but this is going to work out for good. Yes. And he and does, I, it doesn't say my good. So most, so many people put my good in there. It's not necessarily your good. It might be somebody else's good. It might be good, you know, that you have that legacy to leave or that story to share, to give courage, encouragement for somebody else. So yeah. if you're going through a difficult time and believe me, we all do. <laughs> we all, nobody out there is walking around without scars. That's one question I ask at audiences. Raise your hand if you've never been through anything. If you have sailed to this point in your life with no troubles, because we're going to meet in the back of the room and we're going to write a New York Times bestseller if you've <laughs> not had any problems up till now, because we all do. We all do. Well, and, at least you're know, nicer than I am about it. I tell them I'm going to bring up a repentance line. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to shame or for lying. <laughs> A repentance line for lying that they've never been through something because we've all gone through pain and yes. difficulties in different times. And it is so important for us to share our stories. That's what I so appreciate about you. Uh, so y'all listen, it's Dr. Elizabeth Clamon and her website is here for you guys to take a look at. If you are watching this on Creative Motion Network and you do not see a chat stream with that, it is elizabethclamon.com and you can go and purchase her books and find out about all the upcoming events that she has and i just want to thank you for taking the time to be on the broadcast and i'm so glad we finally got to get together me too me too and you know i believe everything is in god's timing so yes. there is somebody out there that needed to hear this at this time so it is just it's the perfect time that god intended for it to be Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Yes. I am a firm believer in that. Thank you so much. For those of you watching, share this out with your friends, family, coworkers. Uh, go, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you like and subscribe. And if you're watching on Creative Motion Network, give a shout out because uh, Dr. Elizabeth has just had a new show start on, is it Solwyn? Solwyn, S-O-L-W-I-N. And it's on Roku. And it's an okay. acronym, but I can't tell you right now off the top of my head what the acronym is for. Shining our light in the world, I believe. Is the, I love it. So it's S-O-L-W-I-N. And I am one of 10 what 
um, our producer calls Legacy Ladies, that we're the legacy starting the, the network. And we started on June 1st. And nice. we have um, so much teaching and music and things for teens and just um, amazing Bible studies. And my show is called Relentless Hearts Ministries. And it's, okay. it's after my after my ministry. So you can go on to Roku and search S-O-L-W-I-N, Soul Win TV. It's soulwin.tv, actually. Excellent. And while you're on there, make sure that you find Creative Motion Network and add both those channels to your lineup for inspiration, encouragement, and all that we do. So God bless you guys. We'll see you next time right here on Keys to Your Best Life.